guys. Welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that you're having a fantastic week. My week work-wise is actually cut off very short this week because I'm taking off today and tomorrow. Next week, Monday, is 4th of July, and Tuesday, I also took off. So I'm in a great mood right now. And the reason for me taking off the time is an extremely exciting one. I'm going to celebrate the love of my best friend and her fiancé, very soon-to-be husband, in a matter of days. I'm so excited. I am her co-maid of honor. I am beyond grateful to be there with her, stand by her side. It's going to be an amazing, beautiful weekend. And for me, it really does start today because I'm on my way to North Carolina. That's where the wedding's taking place. So let's continue on with this episode because I have a plane to catch you guys. Some more of what's new with me is that this past weekend, I had such a phenomenal weekend. My family was in town, my immediate family, like I told you guys, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my sister's boyfriend... But past just my immediate family, I got to see so much extended family. We had a family reunion. It was in celebration of one of our family members that had recently passed away. And while the circumstance that brought everyone together was so incredibly sad, there's something so beautiful about the fact that we were all together again. Some people I had never even met before, and they're genuinely a part of my family absolutely wild but I was so happy that something like this was put together got everyone in the same place it was an absolutely gorgeous day we had the reunion in the park my mom did so much to put this together and it was absolutely perfect in every sense of the word so really just overall a fantastic weekend of course I was sad to say goodbye to my family when they had to leave on Sunday my sister and her boyfriend like I told you guys last week are still with us bunking with us here in Chicago And I'm going to see my mom and dad again this upcoming weekend at the wedding. So all good. A lot of really heartwarming things happening all around me. And a lot of really exciting things to celebrate in the upcoming days. But before I can start celebrating, we need to talk through all the topics in this episode. So let's get started. What's hot this week? First story on the docket, a fashion news story. And a very exciting one at that. According to Women's Wear Daily, Jimmy Choo is firmly disrupting the creative educational system. They write, The Malaysian footwear designer opened the doors to his JCA London Fashion Academy last year on Hanover Square, opposite a green park that's within walking distance of the Condé Nast offices and London's luxury shopping destination, Bond Street. Chu said, I love the fashion shops here the student can go and see many things here, adding that the student's safety comes first, hence why he's chosen a location that's renowned enough to put worried parents' minds at ease when they send their children off to study. It's about creating a zen environment that gives, quote, a lot of energy. For Chu, that's Hyde Park, near to where he calls home, and where he can often be found practicing his meditation, breathing, and tai chi. When the academy launched, it took on 30 undergraduates and 5 MA students from the UK. For the second year, the academy will open applications to international students too, while still intending to keep numbers under capacity by introducing short courses in September and a summer school for 13- to 17-year-olds in three weeks. Chu's vision for the academy is not your typical college campus. It's not stuffy, largely vacuous, 
Instead, it's a Georgian townhouse decorated with rose pink interiors and canvas white walls in the studios for the students to brainstorm freely. His work with the British Fashion Council and University of Arts London inspired him to open an educational institution that protects craftsmanship and provides knowledge. Chu recalls what his father said to him, quote, It's not what benefit you're getting for yourself, but how you learn the knowledge and give back to the future. Women's Wear Daily mentions that what sets the academy apart from other art colleges and academies is that it's targeting students of all backgrounds. A sum of £500,000 has been set aside so far for the scholarship fund to support students from disadvantaged backgrounds or those with non-traditional educational backgrounds. The JCA has also set up a two-floor boutique outside the main Mayfair restaurant that will launch in September to coincide with the debut MA presentations. Each student will be allocated a mannequin to dress up in their designs accompanied by a plinth with an iPad to showcase their pieces that are available to buy in store. Stephen Smith, chief executive officer of the Academy, says, When you're sitting there eating your 300-pound lobster, you'll want to go into the shop afterward. Even if the pieces are not perfect, it's a new designer and sure they will spend 3,000 pounds on it. Our thinking is, how do we get new designers a platform? How do you pivot them? You need to have people who've got a certain wealth to be able to do that. I thought this news was very noteworthy for a couple of reasons. I think it's really interesting that Jimmy Choo is the one that's opening this academy. Obviously, incredibly influential, incredibly successful in the fashion space, but not something expected at all in my opinion, which makes it kind of cool. I don't know, I feel like I would expect a different designer to do this before Jimmy Choo would do this. But regardless, I think that this is amazing, mostly because it gives more options to young designers. If you're trying to go into a fashion school, there aren't a ton of options. A lot of these schools do kind of have a monopoly on it. So adding another one to the mix I think is fantastic. I'm sure it's going to offer something very unique for these students, and maybe it'll inspire even more academies to pop up. And I know that not all designers go to school, get a degree, and that's totally fine, and some would probably say it's the better route to go in a creative profession. But I do feel like if there are academies that give you technical, real-world experience, that's incredibly useful to building your career afterwards. And more than that, if they can help you build your career while you're at the school, that, I feel like, is the best option. So having these students' designs out ready to purchase, I think that's a really smart idea. And if I was a current student looking to go to a design school, that would be something that is incredibly appealing for me. Because just going to these schools, like any university... It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be getting a job right away. I think a lot of us know that. I'm sure many of us have experienced that. So getting a head start in any way possible, I think is fantastic. I'm really interested to see how this turns out. I'm sure that it is incredibly competitive to get in right now. What did this article say? They had 30 undergraduates and 5 MA students from the UK. Very small number, so definitely hard to get into. But if you did, I think it'd be an amazing opportunity. Also, the fact that they're doing a summer school for 13 to 17-year-olds I think is so incredible. Cultivating talent like that young and helping them realize their dream and especially help with technical skills early on. So important. I can just imagine the amount of talent that is going to be able to come out of this. 
Really amazing. I love this story. Good for you, Jimmy Choo. All right, guys. Next up for What's Hot, we have a story in entertainment, one that relates to a story that we talked about a couple weeks back, straight from Variety.com. Elvis beats Top Gun Maverick by $1 million in heated box office battle. Personally, I didn't really realize that we were battling it out. I thought that we were just happy that we're all going to the theaters again, but I guess it's a battle. A lot of people like competition, so here it is. Variety writes, The King is number one at the domestic box office. After a heated box office battle, Elvis emerged victorious over Top Gun Maverick to claim the top spot on North American box office charts. Over the weekend, Elvis and Top Gun Maverick were duking it out as the king of rock and roll took the number one spot on Friday and dropped to second place on Saturday. Then, on Sunday, the films tied for first place in North America, with each earning an estimated $30.5 million over the three-day period. Such a large amount, you guys. Wild. With the final results tallied on Monday... Elvis generated $31.1 million from 3,906 theaters in its box office debut, while Top Gun Maverick brought in $29.6 million from 3,948 venues in its fifth weekend in theaters. Although Elvis ultimately took the box office crown, both films can boast a strong result. For Elvis, a $31 million debut is promising for an adult-skewing drama, since its core demographic does not traditionally rush out to see a movie opening weekend. However, Warner Bros. spent $85 million to produce the film, not accounting for marketing or distribution costs, so Elvis has to keep playing in theaters throughout the summer to turn a profit. For Maverick, a second-place finish at this point in its theatrical run is an unmitigated win, and a testament to the film's unprecedented staying power at the box office. It's almost unheard of for a movie to generate those kinds of ticket sales after playing in theaters for more than a month. To date, the Paramount Pictures movie has grossed $520.8 million at the domestic box office and stands as the highest grossing movie of the year in North America. Top Gun Maverick still had plenty to celebrate over the weekend, crossing the billion-dollar mark after only 31 days on the big screen with global revenues currently at $1.006 billion. It ranks as Tom Cruise's first movie to surpass $1 billion at the worldwide box office. Notably, it's the first movie of the year and only the second in COVID times, following Sony's Spider-Man No Way Home with $1.9 billion to fly past the coveted milestone. Okay, I had to read the last part about Top Gun Maverick because you guys know from listening to me for weeks now that I love the movie and we're just so happy to see that it is still being watched in theaters. But this news of the box office still thriving because of Elvis as well is so exciting to me. I love that people are going back to theaters. I love that people are going to theaters at all. Again, like I said on a different episode, I feel like theaters have been dying out year over year. So this is just so exciting. Movies are back. Go see a movie. Go see Elvis. This is one that is definitely on my list. It makes me want to see it, knowing that everyone else is seeing it. I want to be a part of the conversation too. So let's all go. See what the hype's about. See if we like it. Maybe as much as Top Gun Maverick. I kind of doubt it, but you never know. 
Elvis's story is a very unique, very interesting one. So to see it on the big screen, count me in. Congrats to anyone involved in that movie. Not sure that they're going to hear this, but you know what? If they do hear it, congrats, you guys. Movies at the theater are back. All right, guys, that's it for what's hot. Now let's get right into what's good. First up, I have a documentary to recommend. So good, so entertaining. It's called Halftime, and it's on Netflix. Here's your summary. Global superstar Jennifer Lopez reflects on her multifaceted career and the pressure of life in the spotlight. Short and sweet. Kind of like this documentary. It's only like an hour and a half. I loved this documentary for so many reasons. First one being that I love JLo. I used to watch her movies all the time. She's a mega star. I feel like she is not only an icon because of all of the work that she has done, but also because of all of the work that she has done past the time that we have notoriously seen actors and performers have their prime. I feel like JLo is always in her prime. She's always doing something new, elevating her career to the next level, and never stopping. I just think that it's incredible, and it also kind of shows that your life doesn't have to stop at a particular age. And especially in our society, I feel like we put so much pressure to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish in your youth. And it's like, why? Why is your prime only supposed to be in your 20s? That puts an incredible amount of pressure for you while you're living in your 20s. If that pressure was taken off, I feel like we would enjoy our 20s so much more and actually maybe make some decisions that would be beneficial to us. But because there's so much pressure to get it figured out and to have fun and to start making money and to find something that you're passionate about, it's all overwhelming. So to see somebody create new things, enter new arenas, show you that just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you can't continue to reinvent yourself. That's the biggest reason why I love her. I also feel like she's insanely talented. In this documentary, you see her and her team work on the choreography that goes into the halftime performance at the Super Bowl, which by the way, she talks about how it was kind of problematic for her and Shakira to split the show, which honestly, they are both such stellar performers and have hits after hits after hits that they could have done standalone performances. But it also seems that the Super Bowl is kind of moving away from that because this year, they had multiple performers. So I don't really know what direction the NFL was taking with that. But what I was saying is that the choreography that went into her performance was insane. So many hours, so much dedication, so much hard work, all while managing so many different things. She was putting out Hustlers, in which she produced and she starred. She was working on the halftime performance. She was being a mom, which is also a full-time job. Which, from this documentary, it seems like she's a great mom. I feel like she has a really good relationship with her kids. Obviously, I do not know her, so we take these documentaries with a grain of salt, as always. But that's what it seemed like from watching it on my screen. The whole thing was just incredibly entertaining to watch. And I love when these documentaries have a workup to something. Like she's working up to the halftime show. And then you get to see the halftime show and it all comes together. And of course, as soon as I was done watching this documentary, I watched the full halftime show of theirs, which was phenomenal. I saw it when they did it for the Super Bowl. 
but I feel like watching it after you've watched it live on TV, you can appreciate it even more, especially if you really loved it the first time. I remember watching it the first time and I was with my family and we were like, wow, this is a fantastic performance. Personally, it was one of my favorite performances. I love that they had the kids in there too. I don't know what it is, but young voices singing, there's something so universal about that. Just feels really powerful. And then to mix that with all the dancing, all of our favorite songs from both of them, such a good performance. If you guys haven't seen it in a while or you've never seen it, I would definitely check that out on YouTube. And if this documentary sounds interesting to you at all, Again, it's called Halftime, it's on Netflix, definitely worth the watch. Okay guys, and last up for what's good, your song, Devils in the Canyon, by The Strike. Say it with me now, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. Now time to round out this episode with Need to Know Basis. This week, I have a topic that's more of a reflection than anything else. As I mentioned, I went to a family reunion this past weekend, and being surrounded by that much family, paired with me going to a wedding this upcoming weekend for one of my best friends that's like family, it's made me think a lot lately about how important family really is. And I know you guys are probably like, Emma, duh, family's important. You've told us that you think family's important multiple times. But I mean it in the sense of past just the people that are currently with us or the family that's immediate that we see the most. I mean something on an even larger scale. I mean each of our individual histories, where we come from, how we got to where we are, in the physical sense, our roots. It's so important to know and to remember what our ancestors did to get us where we are today. And I know that looks different for everyone. And I know that not everyone has the ability to talk to people about their family history or to see people or reflect on memories. So if you do have that, really grasp onto the opportunity. And if you don't, that's something that you can absolutely instill in your own family one day if you want to have one. I just think that it's very easy to not prioritize knowing more about our past because we're so incredibly focused on our present and on our future. But our past is how we got here. Our past means everything, even if it's not just our past. Mostly if it's not just our past. Everybody else that came before you have their own stories, their own hardships, and they're directly the reason why you are here today. That, to me, is insanely important. That chain reaction, those little moments that literally, if they did not happen, you would not be here today. If your ancestors did not make the choices that they made, did not take the chances, the risks, grasp opportunities, negate the feeling of fear, so many decisions, and a lot of times incredibly hard decisions that have so much to do with you. So talk about your past. Be proud of it. Make a family tree. My sister's boyfriend said that his family has a family tree of everyone 
from like years and years ago. I think that is so cool, especially if you have so much extended family, to actually see how are you connected to this person that maybe you've never even met before. Because like I told you guys, this reunion, there were people that I was like, I have never met you in my life. But somewhere in there, we share the same genes. So cool. And you may not even see your family that often, especially your extended family. But regardless of how frequent or infrequently you all do come together, still try to come together. I don't even think I realized how impactful it is until this past weekend. It really was so special. So share stories. Understand unimaginable experiences as best you can. And remember your roots. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week, an amazing weekend. I am so excited to celebrate my best friend's love. I can barely contain my excitement right now. It's going to be incredible. I will fill you guys in about it next week. If you have a long weekend this weekend, soak it in, take time for yourself. And if you have a normal weekend, do that as well. Relax a little bit, do something fun. As always, say something nice to a stranger, spend some time with the people that you love, leave some room for a reunion if you can, remember your roots, and don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 